Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we continued our My Story series, where students and volunteers share testimonies of where God has been at work in their lives. Courtney Goyak shared about the importance of remembering what God has done in our lives in order to strengthen our trust in Him moving forward. Follow along, we hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, my friends. Hello, how is everyone? What'd you say? Oh, thanks for joining them up front. Appreciate that. Um, I'm gonna be honest, I am not a super formal person, and so standing in front of you guys with a podium just did not seem right to me. You're sitting, I'm gonna sit, we're gonna sit together, and we're just gonna talk. Um, I am also not a public speaker. Um, I am definitely not Dallas, I am not JJ, I am not Matt, Um, but when Dallas invited me to be a part of this series. I was very excited and very joyfully said yes, I would love to because I love having the opportunity to be able to share what the Lord is doing in my life. Um, And he's doing a lot. And he has left, I'm gonna put this down guys because I can't see some of your faces. Um, I have, he's left me no room to boast um, of anything in my life. And there was a lot that I debated sharing with my testimony, um, and I thought it was only fitting that I just share where the Lord has me right now and what he's teaching me. Um, Before we get going, before we get into my story, what the Lord's teaching me, um, I do want to tell you a little bit about myself. Dallas already introduced me pretty well. Um, My name is Courtney. Um, I've been at Fellowship for almost three years. Um, I'm a small group leader. Um, Shout out to my girls and JB for... (laughs) for for sitting front row. Um, I am the only reason they're sitting front row, so I do appreciate their um, dedication and their support of me. Um, We tried front row one time and it just did not go well. So (laughs) appreciate you guys in the front row. Um, I have also recently joined staff at Fellowship as the Next Gen Ministry Assistant. And I'm about a month in to the job and I am thriving. I absolutely love it, love the people, love being here even more than I was already here. Um, and then, you want to go to the next slide? This is my family. Um, it's only fitting to tell you about my family because as cliche as it sounds, I would not be where I am without my family. And so, um, my parents are in the center, um, Anton and Stephanie, they live in Taylor's, they go to North Hills. My brother is the one on the right of my mom. He is three years older. He is married to Brittany. And they have four rambunctious boys. Love them all dearly. Um, Preston is eight. Logan is seven. Caden is three. And Declan is 18 months. And they actually go to fellowship here as well. You've probably probably seen them around. Or if you work in kids, you've definitely seen my nephews. Um, and then my younger sister is on my left. Well, I guess right in the picture. But in the blue sweater. Uh, she's three years younger. And then her and her husband live in Austin, Texas. And so that's my family, and I am very grateful for them. I would definitely say I'm obsessed with them, um, if I can use that word in regards to my family. I'm definitely obsessed with them. Um, last thing before we dive into my testimony, I have two truths and a lie. Um, fun facts about myself, if you will. The catch is, I am not going to tell you the answer unless you come up to me and ask. Um, I will give you a hint, though. One of these will be answered in the next 20 minutes, which means yes, you will need to pay attention 
for the next 20 minutes if you'd like, if you'd like some help on one of these. Um, but the three, the three facts are, I've been to the Czech Republic three times. That's in Europe, if some people don't know where the Czech Republic is, that's Europe. Um, I'm a published author, and then I set NCAA records when I played college basketball. If you would like to know the answer, you'll have to find me. Um, if not, I'll give you a hint later as we talk. And so now there's me. Um, I would love to just dive in and just share a little bit of my testimony and then just kind of share with where the Lord has me right now with what he's teaching me. So I did grow up in a Christian home. Um, we were faithful church attenders Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We did the kids clubs. My parents were small group leaders, um, very involved in our church. Um, and that was definitely something I probably took for granted at that age. I did not realize what a gift it was to grow up in a Christian home. Um, and now I recognize that was a gift of God. Um, on July 29th, 2010, I was at a basketball camp and I was having some one-on-one -on -one time with my counselor, just talking life, learning about me, learning about her. And she asked me what my testimony was. And it was in that moment that I realized I didn't have one and I, I didn't have a testimony. And so in the tears, she shared the Romans road with me. Are anybody familiar with the Romans road? Have you heard of the Romans road before? If you haven't, it's basically a series of verses in Romans that basically walk through the gospel from, you know, all of sin and come short of the glory of God to nothing can separate us from the love of God. And those are verses I had grown up memorizing. I was very familiar with all of them. But for some reason in that moment, the spirit just grabbed my heart and they just meant more to me in that moment than they had in my 12 years of living up to that point. And so in that moment, it was a very, I vivid, still vividly remember, it was such a drastic, like I, I felt the spirit come into my heart in that moment. And the Lord quickly humbled me to my knees and my soul found redemption at basketball camp. And at that point, the Lord launched me into a journey of owning my faith, learning who I was, learning who he is, and then learning who I am in light of him. The Lord has walked me through a variety of journeys, um, lots of people, challenges, joys, trials. There are seasons of my life that I loved. There were other seasons of my life that I would be okay not repeating again if I had a choice. Um, but back when I was in high school, I developed a love for writing. Uh, I know a lot of you love that. I know my, my girls enjoy journaling. And that just kind of became a thing that I did quite often. It was venting, praising, words of encouragement, notes, tears, anything that was going on in my life, spiritually, emotionally, physically, I journaled about it. And as I ventured into college, I actually ended up creating a blog, which is basically an online journal. I feel like blogs aren't as popular anymore, but it's like an online journal. And I was able to more publicly share what the Lord was teaching me. There was a season of life in college where life was extremely hard and it was very disheartening, um, very exhausting. And we love our moms. I was talking to my mom about it. She's sharing great truth. And I remember this moment. She goes, you need to go back. And she said, you need to go look at this blog post that you wrote on some certain date. And you need to be reminded of the truth that you wrote about then and be reminded of it now. Because what you're going through now you were going through then, and what the Lord was teaching you at that moment, he's trying to teach you again now. 
And that was a very pivotal moment for me in my walk because in that moment I was being reminded that the same God who knew and cared about me then in that past season also still cares for me and knows me well in this season. And the same faithfulness he showed me then, he's showing me the same faithfulness now. I was in a new season, new challenges, new people, new place, but he was still the same. He had not changed. Even years later, he was still the same. Because we serve a God whose faithfulness is not altered by our seasons of life, it's not altered by our circumstances, it's not altered by our humanness, okay, or unfaithfulness. Despite all of that, his faithfulness remains because his character is steadfast and his promises are sure. My life verse is Ephesians 3.20. It's tattooed on my arm. Um, which is probably a very familiar verse to a lot of you. Now to him who does far more abundantly than anything we can ask or think. And this is a, this was my life verse, but it's also a promise that I hold to tightly because it's a promise that I've seen him prove to me season after season, circumstance after circumstance. And I love this verse and how it's set up because it doesn't say he'll do far more abundantly if he feels like it or he'll only do far more abundantly if I obey or love him. It just simply says, he will do, far more abundantly. Despite us clearly seeing and tasting the faithfulness of God, we could probably all give him a moment of like, yep, I've seen God in this moment. Despite that, we are very prone to wander. And actually, I did not know Nathan was gonna be singing the song he did this morning, but I had that line in the song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. We are very prone to wander, which means we like to stray, like sheep, without a shepherd. Okay, I like to call that our default setting. Without God, we are stray sheep. (laughs) And we like to wander on our own, often. (laughs) We just like to go our own direction. All right, and in that, we also forget. We have a terrible, terrible case of spiritual amnesia. Do you guys know what amnesia is? What's what's amnesia? Someone can tell me. JB. Yes, he said, yes. Bonking your head's not always necessary, but in some occasions it is. Um, (laughs) Yes, amnesia is basically forgetful and memory loss. And so spiritual amnesia is us having the issue of forgetting the Lord's faithfulness and his goodness in our life. We see the Israelites do this a lot in the Old Testament. I would say they're pros at it. Um, We look through scripture and we see the Lord do some miraculous thing for them, something mighty, something great that clearly shows that he's caring for them, that he loves them. And then the next chapter, they're complaining because they don't have enough of something or because someone's not feeling well. In Exodus 14, God literally parts the Red Sea for them, wipes out the entire Egyptian army and gets them safely across. And then in the next chapter, they're complaining and actually begging to go back to Egypt because there was beds, there was food there. And my reaction when I read that is like, like they had the audacity to be able to complain like that. Do they not, like, do they not remember what God was doing in their life? And then the Lord quickly humbles me and helps me recognize that I am no better than them. I will go through a trial and the Lord will deliver me and he'll answer a prayer. And then days later, I've suddenly forgotten that that work that he's done. So how do we fight the spiritual amnesia? Because it's something that plagues all of us. How do we better understand and remember the faithfulness of God in our life? In Joshua 3, we see an amazing miracle that God does with Joshua and the people of Israel. They get to the Jordan, and once again, 
the Lord clears the waters for the Israelites to be able to get safely across. Once they get over there, God then instructs them through Joshua to go gather stones to be able to build up a memorial. So I wanna read this passage to you, just a few verses. I will also a little quick side note. I'm gonna be going through a lot of different verses. We're not gonna sit in one. Please don't feel the need to keep up in your Bible with every single one of them. I will have them on the screen for you. But just so you know, we're not gonna be sitting in one passage all morning. So this is Joshua 4. It says, a people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. And they encamped at Gilgal at the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. God in his grace, he knows our tendency to forget. He knows that about us. But in that, he graciously gives us memorials so that we are able to remember. Have, anyone, have any of you been to Washington, D.C.? A lot of you. Okay, what is, what is most known in D.C.? Washington Monument, what else? White House, Jefferson Memorial, Lincoln Memorial, World War II, Vietnam. What'd you say? Yeah, there's, DC is most known for all of its monuments, all of its memorials. What are those monuments for? Like they're not just for decoration, they're for remembering. They're set up to help us remember these people who did significant things for us in our history, to help us remember them now. All right, be able to look back and be like, hey, I'm so grateful for this, this man's leadership or for what these people did or for the wars and the people who sacrificed their life for us. They're set up to help us remember. Just like that, the Lord intends us, intends to give us our own memorials, our own monuments, if you will, to help us remember our history with him and what he's done for us. So as I've walked through seasons of discouragement and exhaustion and challenges, both in the past and even now, I found myself having to intentionally remember. Like the Israelites, I've had to build my own altar, made up of stones of God's faithfulness, of his goodness, of his grace. Even in the midst of exhaustion and anxiety and frustration and worry, I have managed to find stones. Even stones of discouragement, even stones of hard seasons of life can sit on your altar because in those moments is when we often see the Lord the most. So when you think you don't have any more stones to keep building your altar, Keep thinking. All right, there is always something that the Lord is doing in your life, whether you actively see it or not. So we're gonna play a little bit. Well, I'm gonna play a little bit. You're gonna watch me play. Um, I will do any excuse to play with Legos. Um, And I may have stolen um, some Duplos from my 18-month-old nephew for this visual aid. Um, He will get them back, I promise. Um, But I love a good visual aid. So we're we're gonna do that while we're sitting here together. Your altar phrase is gonna look different than other people's. Sarah's is gonna look different than mine. Blair's is gonna look different than Olivia's. All right, everyone's, everyone's altar is going to look different. But for me, the foundation of my altar was the day I came to know the Lord. This is my, my day of salvation right here. And since then, I've been adding stones to it. So I have a stone for maybe my family. And I have stones for a successful basketball career I had, or my friends, or other victories he's given me, 
or um, it could be your pet. It could be little blessings the Lord has given you, victories, joys, candy. candy. Thank you, JB. Um, <laughs> candy. All right, even those little things that you don't think are significant, those are blessings from the Lord. But as I continue to see the Lord's faithfulness, my altar continues to grow. It gets taller, stone after stone. But like I said, I've also gone through discouraging seasons of time, bad seasons of time that I don't care to remember. But the reasons I choose to remember them is because in those moments, I've had some of the greatest moments of growth with the Lord. And some of the sweetest moments I've had with the Lord in my journey with him have happened during some of the worst parts of my life. But in that, I'm able to put a stone there. Because in there, my hope grows in him, my faith in him grows, my trust in him grows. Those are all stones. Seeing the Lord's promises come to fulfillment, seeing his character in those hard moments. Those are stones that can sit on your altar. And when all hope seems lost, because I know we've all been there, done that, where we're like, life is ending, this is it, I just can't take it anymore. (laughs) Okay, find the Lord in that. See where he's trying to grow you and add another stone to your altar. And he's good to do that for us because he knows what happens if he leaves us by ourselves. We said before, we're sheep. If sheep don't have a shepherd, they're gone. (laughs) The Lord knows that about us though. And so he continues to remind us, even in hard seasons of life, that he is still active, he is still there, and he still cares. And like I said, your hard moments can be stones of praise too because in those moments, we see the Lord the most. David encouraged us in Psalms 9-1. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. When he tells us to recount the Lord's wondrous deeds, what does that mean? Recount is not a very common word. I don't use that word often. I, I would assume you probably don't as well. What does the word recount mean? Does anyone know? Think back, remember. Yeah, it's, it's basically a fancy word. It's, a, it's an Old Testament word for remembering, for retelling, all right? So when he tells us to recount what the Lord has done, he's telling us to remember, to tell about it. Don't forget it. In 1 Chronicles 16, we're told, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually, remember the wondrous works that he has done. Psalm 77, I will recall all that you have done, Lord. I will remember your wonderful deeds. We could sit here this whole time and go passage by passage of where we are reminded, encouraged to remember the faithfulness of God in our lives. And for us, there's beauty in recounting, all right? There's beauty for us in being able to remember. Sometimes it's humbling because we're having to go back over moments of imperfection or brokenness or sins or whatnot. Okay, but it's also a moment for us to be able to give thanks to give thanks for what God's done. Hey, Lord, thanks for, thanks for not leaving me alone. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your character. I've been reading through the Old Testament this year. Well, I'm reading through the whole Bible this year. I'm still parked in the Old Testament. We've made it to Nehemiah. Um, <laughs> we've made it through all the, all the harder Old Testament books. So far, up to this point, Deuteronomy has been my favorite book that I've studied so far. If you have not studied the book of Deuteronomy, I highly encourage that. Highly encourage you to take some time to go through the book of Deuteronomy because the Lord just fills Moses up and he just goes off in the book of Deuteronomy. He's got truths and encouragements and challenges that are just very humbling. And so there's one in particular that I want to share. 
in Deuteronomy 6. Very familiar verse in Deuteronomy 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. But in this chapter, a few verses later, Moses is encouraging the Israelites and challenging them to, hey, keep persevering, keep walking in faith, because guess what's coming at the end? For them, it was the promised land. So he's telling them, keep moving ahead in faith, knowing, that what's, knowing what's lying ahead, which was at the promised land. And in that, he challenges them with this truth in Deuteronomy 6, and the verses should be on the slide. When God, your God, ushers you into the land he has promised through your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to you, you're going to walk into large, bustling cities you didn't build, well-furnished houses you didn't buy, come upon wells you didn't dig, vineyards and olive orchards that you didn't plant. When you take it all in and you settle down, pleased and content, make sure you don't forget how you got there. God brought you out of slavery in Egypt. So when life is happy, when you're pleased, when you're content, when you're, when you're joyful and satisfied, when life is all good and you're all settled, do not forget how you got there. Do not forget what he has done for you. In other words, recount. Recount what he has done. So, what does this look like practically? What, what does it look like for us to recount? Well, at the beginning I was talking about writing, and again, writing's always been an outlet for me to be able to recount the faithfulness of God and what he's done in my life. In 2021, um, I had a very cool opportunity to be able to write and publish a book. Um, and this book is basically a walkthrough of my testimony, where the Lord has brought me up to this point. It goes through years and years of personal growth, inward conflict, sins I've struggled with, lies I've believed, and promises and truths about God that I've had to cling to tightly. I'm thankful I wrote this because I love being able to go back and see what God's done in my life. And I love being able to go back and see his faithfulness. And so remember this altar that we've been talking about? This is my altar. It's part of it, at least. All of these pages okay, serve a purpose in my story. And I, there's some hard pages in here that were hard for me to write, but all the tears and the joys and the frustrations and the praises, the mountains, the valleys, okay, these were all stones that sit on my altar of praise. And I, when I go back to my book, when I go back to my journals, I don't go back to look at like what I wrote. Like, yep, Corny is, she's got it nailed. She is set. She's perfected all this because, no. I, without the Lord, I would know nothing. I would, I would not be here without the Lord. And I'm, I'm only able to boast in him because of what I've seen in my life through him. And so I go back to these pages. I go back to my altar to really reflect, and even through the tears and the frustration, I'm able to rejoice and give thanks in those harder seasons of my life because the Lord is faithful and he has done far more abundantly in my book. In in 2 Chronicles 6, I love this verse. It says, you did exactly what you promised. Every detail. The proof is before us today. Okay, that's a declaration of who God is. You did exactly what you promised. Not like some of it, like, okay, God, I kind of see, you know, you did exactly what you said you promised. And today I'm able to see all of that proof of what he's done in my life. So this book, these pages, okay, are details that describe how the Lord has kept his promise to me that he will do far more abundantly. This is one of the greatest lessons the Lord has taught me in my life. And this is what he's still teaching me right now, very actively, what he's teaching me right now is remember his faithfulness. Do not forget where you came from. 
So how are you recounting, how are you remembering what God's done in your life? Why, we serve a God who deserves to be remembered. Plain and simple, we serve a God who deserves to be remembered. All right, and if I were to ask you why, I guarantee you that all of you could probably give me one reason why God deserves to be remembered. And the beauty of it is that all of our answers would vary. I don't think any, some of us might repeat some of them, but all of you have a testament of who God is in your life. Okay, whether it's some, it may, some circumstances might seem like big and miraculous compared to others, but regardless of it, you've seen the trail of God's faithfulness in your life. So my encouragement to you, don't forget. Recount what he's doing. Trace the hand of his faithfulness through your life. Build up your altars of stone. Okay, see what he's done and rejoice in what he's doing. Even in those moments where it seems like he's doing nothing because we've all been there. Where we've been in seasons where like, God is not here. I don't feel like he's doing anything. Take heart because he is. He is doing something. And remember that he will continue to do something. All right, you look in scripture. It is chock full of promise after promise. He will supply our needs. He will do far more abundantly. He will redeem us. He will give grace. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Okay, he knows you. He knows your hearts. He knows the seasons you're walking through. Okay, right now, even if nobody else knows, he knows. He knows what you're going through right now, good or bad. And so when you find yourself slipping, when you find yourself discouraged, anxious, worried, whatever it might look like, look back at the altar that you've built. Recount what he's done. Do not forget where you've come from. Do not forget who brought you to this point. Whatever you're going through, he is bigger, he is better, he is greater, and his promises are good. And in closing, um, I actually want to read to you the last page of my book. It's the conclusion. It is a declaration that I wrote, honestly, to myself at the end of writing this book, and it's, it's words that I want to be able to declare over you. And then we'll pray, and then we'll go to small groups. So, story time with Courtney. We start and end this book with the same promise. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. Are you tired of me saying that yet? Good. I hope it's so engraved in your mind that you now have an assurance that the God you serve will do and act ultimately for his glory and your joy. There is abundance in every season and he is eager and he is willing to refine you, mold you and sanctify you in the way that allows you not to just survive every season but to thrive and prosper through each one. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo all of them. It is so good to know that God never plays favorites. He lavishes riches of grace on each and every one of his children. He meets every child's need and he does it with unbroken faithfulness. So quit trying to keep score. Don't judge his goodness, just rest in the bounty of his mercy. May you walk away from each season with the same declaration. God, I did not know that you could be that good. That's what far more abundantly is. God moving, working, acting, and doing in ways that we did not know were possible. That's the gospel. That's grace. I once was a slave to sin, but now I'm a captive who has been set free. I once was broken with burdens, but now I have found rest for my weary soul in the care of my father. I once was caught in confusion, but now the eyes of my heart are enlightened, and I know the hope of his calling. I was once fractured with fear, but now I've been graciously given a spirit of power, love, and of sound mind. I am not where I need to be, but praise his name, I am not where I used to be. Far more abundantly, for my good and his glory, praise his name. Let's close in prayer. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the opportunity to just share 
what you're graciously doing in my life. And I pray that we would not waste the opportunity to be able to proclaim and share your faithfulness and your goodness because you are worth talking about, you are worth remembering. Uh, you are, you're worth it all, Lord. And you've been so good to us and we're grateful that you've given us the opportunity to be able, be able to reflect who you are. Lord, we love you. Bless small groups, bless the rest of their day. In Jesus' name, amen.